0: You are listening to the Fantasy Joes podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are the Joes: Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. Hey, we are the Fantasy Joes. We are missing Jake tonight, Will Greenwood, but Will's back. What's going on, my friend? Yeah, he, he just skipped out. What has the comeback
1: show? Is uh, you know, Jake, we're going to miss you. Uh, I was I was looking to get after you, uh, being that we on our head-to-head matchups, you did beat me. I think two out of three, if I can remember. But the the one that I cared about is the only one that mattered, and it took you down. So
0: congratulations, well. Uh, um, I didn't face Jake this week in any of our leagues, which is interesting. So I mean, it's tough, Ryan, especially for Jake when you go up against Rob Gronkowski and Jamal Williams. That is a nice combination. Man, it it kind of, we're going to get into it. It it kind of leads us into the moments and letdowns of the week, the Kyler Murray moments of the week. And I'll I'll call the Saquon Barkley letdowns, although not a shock or surprise. Week one, well, I mean, any initial thoughts? First of all, I just, it seems like it's always wild. I know we we put in the show sheet that it was a a wild week one, but it it probably is always wild. And wild things happen. We'll talk about what happened last year. Did you uh, not get my joke in the show sheet about packing your bags for the Packers? I, oh, Oh, I didn't get the, no, I didn't. Oh get my goodness. Account.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, that's why you re right? your the show They didn't say it. I didn't know what you were doing and I don't trust it uh, anymore. I don't like it.
0: Well, I would say that was a, a moment of the week for me because I'm a Bears fan. So maybe that's why I was confused. It was great to see the Packers just fall on their face and, and but very odd though. Will I mean, just, I, it, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. And I, You know, I I didn't closely watch that game because I was watching Red Zone and I didn't really go back and study exactly what happened, but everyone just kind of said, oh, it was just a one-off. They just were out of sync. They just didn't look right. I don't know. Well, it it wasn't popping on Red Zone unless it was a a Jameis Winston touchdown throw. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Very few yards, but very many touchdowns. Uh, Anyway, so... End up with less than 300 attempts, like 85
1: touchdowns, and like 2,500 yards. Let's go.
0: God, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Jameis, right? I mean, just oh my gosh. But okay, so Kyler Murray moments of the week. I'm just going to start off by the the obvious ones, just the start and finish. Uh, Thursday night football, Dak versus Brady. Uh, you know, just an incredible game. You're you're seeing Dak come back. You're seeing the Bucks continue to roll on offense. Just just a great fun game. Went down to the wire, and um, couldn't ask for a better start. And then the finish Monday night, that overtime will was just bananas. Right. So wildly entertaining. Yeah. Wildly entertaining game. So much fun. Uh, so what a great start and finish to week one. Uh, it's going to be a great year and already with the fans back in the stands and you're watching the broadcast and everything. It just, man, it, it feels right. It feels good. And we need it in this world that we live in. Um, so it was great, great start and finish to week one. Yeah. I mean, Darren
1: Waller just jumping up the boards. He might be the dynasty tight one.
0: Oh, if man. he's going to get that many, tar- if he's going to be the focal point of that offense, and, and he and he was, but it, I just it just feels like they elevated it. You look at his numbers. It's uh, what, how many targets did I get? Was it was like eighteen well, it, or something? Well, watching the game anything. too, it just felt like every pass went to him anyway. It did. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, Darren Waller. If, if you've got him on your team, Nin- nineteen targets. Will oh. Whew. Anyway, um, what, what about you? What was your first moment that sticks out? Was that it? The um, Darren Waller. No, Darren Walls has nothing to do with it. Uh, so, one, you wouldn't think that some guy that was talking about biting
1: kneecaps and gritting it out to really care that much about fantasy points. Uh, I loved the Lions' comeback uh, against San Francisco. I, I, I would have never guessed that Dan Campbell, as a head coach, cared about fantasy players and that you play until the end of the game because everybody else has people involved. And the amount of fantasy points that were put up when the, the Lions were out of the game was just incredible. And they almost, almost pulled it off Ryan they had a chance and uh it was just that that it was that game was such such a, like such a disaster for the Lions offense until it got out of hand and then all of a sudden it was like all right let's go back to fantasy time
0: yeah, I mean they they made it fun for fantasy and just for entertaining into that game. Um yeah. Uh, but you got to like the f- <laughs> this is so cliché, right? Um you got to like the fight in, in the lions to to come back and and make that thing competitive. I mean that was that was great. And and DeAndre Swift, uh, I don't know if I put, had him as a moment. I th- I think m- maybe I was going to talk about him, but I can say it here. Uh, y- you know, it, as a he's a guy that a lot of people have just kind of written off. Um, you know, going into the year, and oh, he's injured, and he's not necessarily going to be a big part of this offense. And you know, he he just looked really phenomenal, and he's going to get used in the passing game. They're going to need him. Um, so I, I I was very encouraged what we saw from Swift, and obviously Williams. I think he's going to be more valuable backup than maybe I realized. I, I but but we'll see. I mean, we'll see how the production continues in that Detroit backfield. I, it'll be fun to see them Monday night. You know, what, what can the, the Packers do on Monday night against the lions? I, they, I think they'll destroy them at Lambeau, but you know, we'll see. Um, what else you got? Well, for moments.
1: Yeah. The, the second one for me was that David Montgomery, although Ryan, I know is a Bears fan, it's just a tough game for you to watch overall, but he, that's looked, an understatement. He looked like such an improved player. Uh, like watching the game. Uh, I would like some more passing game involvement overall. But I feel like, as I've said before, when we talked about a narrative streak with how David Montgomery is as a person, a hard worker, it looks like that had paid off for him. Uh, he had, you know, a, a really great game overall on the ground. He was able to put up a good, like a, a, just a great amount of fantasy points for your team when you're starting him against that Rams D. Uh, and then he also took two snaps in the slot. Uh, I just think that you're seeing the progression of a player coming out of a school that runs a complete spread offense that comes into a, a more, I don't know, their their offense has always been hampered by their quarterback play, and he comes into that, and he had to kind of learn how the NFL works and is getting better, and I actually think I'm, I'm much higher on David Montgomery than I was before seeing this game.
0: Yeah, the Bears beat writers here have have kind of talked about, you know, leading, leading into the season, how he's been really working and, you know, trying to get faster, um, you know, I guess, which I guess you can do, because he definitely does look better, doesn't he? he? He definitely looks like he's just a little more... Uh, I don't know, explosive or or, or whatever. Uh, explosive, and, and, you know, decisive. He was
1: the whole. Like, yeah. He was the whole offense.
0: Yeah, and and they, uh, I think they went away from him on the third series, and and I think Damian Williams was in that whole series, and uh, you know maybe that was part of the plan. You want to rust up guys. There's a rotation, but man, uh, you know I think, you know you're right. I mean right right now he is essentially the Bears offense until Justin Fields. You know can actually. Really, be the quarterback and not just on whatever it was, four or five plays. So, yeah, I, I like that observation. Well, I agree with you. Um, it's good to have something optimistic going on with that Bears offense. Uh. <laughs> well, at least fantasy, at least fantasy wise, because yeah. last year
1: we talked about him being only a product of going against poor rushing defenses, and he showed in this first game of the season that he is getting better and is improving as an NFL player, and then thus it translates to fantasy points. So it's, and again, I try to choose some of these highlights, uh, like that aren't pointed out in every other, every other podcast in the world.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, and so do our listeners. Uh, wh- one thing that I don't think too many people pointed out is, um, you know, Christian Kirk and, and listen, I'm not saying that go out and buy Christian Kirk and he's going to be huge and he's guaranteed to be the wide receiver too in Arizona, but you know, for those of us that had some hope in the past and kind of had just written him off and he was at the bottom of our dynasty, you know, benches, maybe a drop candidate at some point. Um And I think it was only like five targets, but but to see him, you know, stand out a little bit in that Arizona offense, the way Kyler Murray looked, um knowing that. AJ green seems a little like he's washed and, you know, Rondell Moore might take him some time. And I, you know, I still have some concerns that he might get injured. So I, it was just good to see at least for one week, Christian Kirk, you know, perform, even though you probably didn't start him. I certainly didn't. I know he did this last year at a big game. And, and I know Rondell Moore is definitely going to come on. And I, and I think you have to be encouraged about Rondell Moore too, because I I think we're going to see this Arizona Cardinals offense fly. And I think all those guys, even AJ green are going to have their moments this year where they're going to Uh, Stand out. So anyway, so Christian Kirk, I was just excited that he was still a thing at least for one week. Well, for me, (laughs) getting after Christian. That Cardinals team looks like a Super Bowl contender after Week One. We'll see how that kind of all shakes out. Chandler Jones. Well, there's a league that that I'm in, and and I thought I had a really good week, and I looked at the scoring. There was one team that. Outscored everybody by quite a bit, so I looked at his roster, and it was because of Chandler Jones, of course, because in certainly IDP leagues, with sacks being so it was worth so many points, it, it was uh, he was difference maker.
1: Yeah, and I I, I thought about putting a, a little futures bet on the Cardinals to like at least maybe to win the Super Bowl because their odds were so low, uh, and it looked like they had been reshaping their team, like they've had, like Larry Fitzgerald was gone, but they've added like more vet, veterans on the team and they just seem poised to make a a good run. It, that, that NFC uh, uh, West division is going to be fascinating to watch this year.
0: Yeah, it really is. You know, all those teams looked really phenomenal. I, I mean, I'll forget about the Detroit comeback on, on the 49ers, but Seattle was humming along. I mean, they, they just didn't have any problems with Indianapolis, which should be a pretty good team. Uh, the Rams, uh, I, you know, I I don't I mean I think the Bears are a pretty bad football team. Uh, that said, I think the Rams are still pretty darn great. I think their defense is phenomenal, and and I think their offense. And it was against a really bad Bears defense, I think. Will, but I think that offense could get really humming. I think the Rams are going to be so much fun to watch. You're right, all those teams on FC West. Oh, it's just those games are going to be a delight to watch. Yeah, it just, it just seems like the Rams' offense won't stall out like it did in, in,
1: in like previous iterations with Jared Goff. And, you know, the Cardinals going outdoors to Tennessee and doing that type of thing. The Seahawks coming to – they were going to Indianapolis and, and winning that game. That's in a dome. So, I, I, mean, I don't know, it like looks slightly different. But it's, uh, you know, some big road wins there. The, my next – my next high on the week, I'll skip over – because I talked about on the Patreon show, I'll so skip over that one. But uh, this is not to celebrate injury, but hot diggity dog, Ryan. Uh, Tim Patrick is relevant again. Uh, this – take of having to like telling him to pick him up as the end of the bench stash was it two years ago in the summer two and a half years ago now at this point uh i've been able to profit nicely off of tim patrick having him in my dynasty leagues you know we did lose judy he was my my pick for the biggest dynasty riser and he was looking like one of the biggest dynasty risers early on in this game but i don't want to focus on the injury because that's sad and i don't want to celebrate that it, it is terrible Tim Patrick is a legit NFL player. And I think he's going to continue to be, and he's going to be a part of that offense now moving forward. And he, uh,
0: depending on what your starting roster looks like, can be startable week over week. Yeah. I, 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 congratulations. Uh, Cause yes, you, it was years ago. You were talking about Tim Patrick and um, I, I'm sure he was available for you. At least some of your cellar or dynasty leagues, I was able to go out and get him a couple places. places. Um, yeah. And, and I think he could definitely help your fantasy team. Jerry, Judy, well, good news. The report came out today. They're saying he's out closer to six weeks, so hopefully it'll be closer to six weeks, so he could still help you out this year. I, the high ankle sprain thing, though, scares I, me. A I know. Me I just too. Don't, I don't trust that, that injury
1: history that he, he, he's not just going to be out. He's going to come back, and then he's not, uh, he's not like an alpha build of a wide receiver. He's a, uh, you know, a technique and route running and speed type of build, and so I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't either, but um, we, we can cheer for Patrick anyway. Um, so do you have any more moments? Because I have a moment that can lead into letdowns. My only my other moment in,
1: with, yeah, that, that I wrote in here was just saying like Peyton Manning dogging on targets during the, the simulcast that I mentioned earlier. It just is hilarious to get one of the you know, the best NFL quarterbacks of all time uh, to, to talk about like targets to the stat. Like who keeps track of this? Why do they keep track of that? This is so stupid. It's it's fascinating because I'm like, do you in fantasy analytics, bro? Like, this is what we look at. This is predictive, man. Let's get, let's get it together.
0: Yeah, I'm so sorry I missed that that broadcast. Um, I, I don't know how I didn't know about it, but everyone was kind of talking about it. I, was, this, th- was that just for week one, or is this something that they're going to do all year? Uh, I, I think there's I think there's like contracted for eight eight or
1: ten games, but uh, the viewership is going to go up a lot for that, and I bet they're on quite often.
0: Yeah. I, I think it just shows that people want something different um, with the broadcast uh, uh, sometimes. Cause it's just, you know, the same vanilla stuff we get again and again, there are only so many good broadcasters and analysts that can break down the game, but um, moment, Th- this is kind of a moment, but also kind of a letdown because in some cases like it, in some cases I don't teams getting creative with their QB situations, like what the Raiders did with Marcus Mariota on uh, um, what the dolphins did with Jacoby Brissett. I like it when you've got these veteran guys that happen to be better with their legs than the starters, you know, being smart, utilizing those roster spots and getting creative. I, and, you know, we saw it with Trey Lance with the Niners. We saw it with Justin Fields. Don't like it for the Niners and the bears. Uh, You know, let's, let's let those guys play. I just think, I mean, I I think the Niners can make a stronger argument with Jimmy G uh, with the, you know, he's not as, um, Underwhelming as, as say Andy Dalton, but uh, yeah, the, the Niners could win with Jimmy G as their starter all year, but the Bears they can't without Justin Fields. So just play Justin Fields anyway. I, I got off my chest in the Patreon show big time. I got it off my chest here. Thank you for listening, listeners. Wait, wait till next week when Ryan gets something off his chest about the Bears. <laughs> yeah, mm, <laughs> re- revenge game for Andy Dalton uh, playing Cincinnati. It, it, in chicago i think the bears will lose <laughs> <laughs> oh here here well that's for the two minute two minute warning i got something else about that game but um all right so that leads us to that's, that's kind of a moment well, to let down. we should uh we should hit up uh jake's moment of the week because you put it in the show sheet
1: let's do uh, it anthony schwartz which was uh i believe he's third round third round or early fourth round i think he's third round draft pick right for the I think it was third, third, yeah. third.
0: I think it's third. Yeah.
1: And we talked about him coming out of Auburn. Uh, so Jake just wrote in here that he showed his speed and ability to separate. The Browns didn't use him basically at all during the preseason. And he didn't have an injury uh, they chose to hide slash save him. He was trusted on third down early in the game and on third down on one of the final drives. They designed plays for him. Uh, he was a, a very late pick. Jake really touted him, so this is definitely a great moment because he was one of the reasons I picked up Anthony Sports in a couple of leagues. Me too. Uh, and they used him out on the backfield, so he was number ten in the NFL in air yards. You know, he he ran a four two seven in his pro day. It's uh, you know not saying that he is the next like Tiger Killer or anything crazy, but it's nice to see a wide receiver who is drafted with enough draft capital to really really matter in like, at least with, we look at like the projection in Dynasty Analytics. Uh, to be involved in week one. OBJ is still out and still hurt. Uh, Anthony Schwartz could be that that kind of game breaker for this Browns team, and I, I agree. I think this is a great moment and a great thing to highlight. I just think he's going to be tough to trust in his rookie year overall, but at this is this is what you want, right, with this type of pick. You get him late, he plays. All you, need, you just need him not to get like be on the bench the whole year and not have to just sit on your taxi squad. You want him to play and have an impact, and that's what Schwartz did. And he's a great moment of the week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you have Schwartz, you you weren't necessarily expecting anything for this year anyway. Um, Because, you know, we like the talent, but on the surface, you don't like the situation. But all of a sudden, the situation looks a lot better, doesn't it? With OBJ knowing he's going to be out week two. You know, he's probably back week three because if, they knew it was going to linger the song they would have put him on i r right you think um, unless he had some kind of setback I don't know anyway i i I think it's it's a great moment and i and I was very happy to um you know see him flash a bit this week as well so let's move into letdowns will what do you got oh just just all of them uh this is first
1: one is very very personal uh once I saw Trey sermon was inactive, I went and changed two of my d f s lineups to have mostert and i uh subbed. Most in for Mixon. Oops, that 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 hurts. That I mean, hurts. I, still, I actually still ended up like like five dollars positive with all my lineups, but uh, it was not,
0: it was not, it was not a, not a great move. Yeah, that that threw a lot of people off. Um, I I had them in a couple of my um like GPPs, um, so it didn't really impact me that much. I, I you know I, I can't remember who I swapped, uh, but. J- yeah, that was that was weird. That that, that was a letdown um, for you personally, but just for a lot of people just, to see Trey Sermon. And we'll, we'll see. He'll, I'm sure he'll be active week two, right? He has to be now with Mostert uh, we'll out, and we'll, we'll see what like, happens. That was like the literal quote from
1: Kyle Shanahan. Is, 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 is Trey Sermon going to be active week two? He's like, yeah, he has to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the big thing, too, is Mostert just, uh, just has, is redefining the definition of injury-prone for a lot of things like looking forward into the future. It's sad.
0: Yeah, it it is sad. Um, That's one that I don't think anyone should be like happy about being right about or taking victory laps that he, you know, what it just lasted um, barely into the first game of the year. It's, it's really sad. Speaking of sad that Sunday night football game, uh, you know, Monday night, Thursday night football games, so much fun the Sunday night football game. I mean, I don't think it's just from my perspective. Well, it tell me as someone that is not a fan of either team, what was that just cause, cause it was, you know, you knew the outcome. It, was there ever any doubt that their ends were going to win that game?
1: Uh, yeah. First and foremost, I liked the spread going into that game. The amount of injuries on the bears defense worried me quite a bit. And then the, the Ryan, it's just the, the the continually that continually playing Andy Dalton in that game after he's already making huge game breaking mistakes is, is fascinating. Uh, so I don't know. I, I it's, it's not, since I'm, since I'm not a bears fan even with the Vikings losing to the Bengals uh, you know, Zimmer's probably out. He's such an old school coach too. You want a fun and exciting team to cheer for. And some, like somebody that's at least making watching the game fun. And that game was not fun to watch on the Bears side.
0: Yeah, and just someone that's gonna give your team a chance to win. I mean I mean it was with Andy Dalton, the quarterback, the Bears don't have a chance. Not not that they had a chance if Justin Fields had started that game, but you you at least think they have a chance. It makes it more interesting. But anyway, I, I've ta- I've spoken too much on the Bears, I'm sorry. Uh yeah, let me move on to the, the uh J Jaws watch. The JJ's uh, white side,
1: <laughs> taking your bridge out. Oh boy. Uh, I guess, so I I found this because he wasn't utilized all in the game, but I guess he had an injury early on in the game. So we will wait till later on the season for that third year breakout for JJ.
0: We'll be waiting for a while. I think, I I think there are Uh, a couple of wide receivers that have uh, jumped him on the, on the depth chart. Um, like, like cause Watkins, for example.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically everybody, Greg Ward. Yeah. Everybody. everybody. Yeah. Uh, just not Travis Fulgham, I guess. (laughs) That's wild. Uh, Jake's letdown was Amir smith Barset, which hurts my heart. This is a letdown uh, because of the later draft pick. I, I didn't have high hopes for him in game one. But KJ Osborne did look – he made some incredible catches in that game uh, watching it. And that was a very, very exciting game at the end between the Vikings and Bengals. The first half the Vikings looked absolutely anemic on offense. But anyway, Osborne did have – He, I mean, he was 7 of 9 – uh, receptions targets. He kind of proved himself as the clear wide receiver three. It's going to be a big hurdle to come overcome. Uh, so Mr. Tarset put up a fantasy goose egg. Uh, he barely played any snaps. He ran two routes. It was, it was just very, very little. The only silver lining I'll give to this is he did return all the kicks. So he is involved in the team. And he's not, it's not like a guy who's just going to be phased out from the team entirely. So, I have him in basically 100% of my leagues, so I'm still I'm still holding up out, Jake.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think you can tell too much from week one. Um, I, I just don't think that Osborne is going to be relevant stick around. I, I think Amir Smith-Marset, kind, kind of like you, you make a parallel to um, higher-tier players, but, but still the Christian Kirk versus Rondell Moore thing. I, I mean – you know, yeah. it's very possible that Kirk goes away and Moore comes on, and Amir Smith Marset could step into this wide receiver three role as the season rolls on. So I think that could—I I almost expect it to happen. I just—I just don't. Yeah, Osborne. What I saw of him in the red zone, he looked—he looked okay, but eh, I just think it's a blip. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, good for Osborne though. He didn't like. He didn't, yeah, he, he played it's very, a, very well. It's a cool story. Um, I, I, no, he, he did play well and do you think Dalvin cook fumbled the ball at the uh, in, in overtime? Didn't see the play. Oh, and, I, and I
1: haven't watched it. I only saw the texts were coming out. My wife and I went on a walk. I was like, I'm not watching this.
0: <laughs> well, you can watch my team lose to Cincinnati this week if you want. Um, okay. Let, let's see, let down. I have at least one more and well, I'll just combine these two things. Um, Like, Bills and Steelers players, specifically Josh Allen. I'm not too worried about him, but it just was kind of a disappointing start to his fantasy season. Um, Harris, Najee Harris for the Steelers. Uh, I'm I'm not too worried about it because he got incredible usage. Oh, my gosh, my cat. He snuck something over. Um, (laughs) That's (laughs) Multiple multiple things. (laughs) But um, Harris... The cat's
1: cat's a big Najee fan, so...
0: Yeah, I guess. guess. But but Harris... I, I think he'll be okay, but I, I think his ceiling is certainly limited based on what we saw from the Steelers' offense, <laughs> with their offensive line in particular. But we'll see. It's week one. I, I'm not going to overreact to anything. Um, and then Kyle Pitts. I, I mean, his peripheral numbers as J.J. Zach were okay, but, you know, just Atlanta looks so bad. And I put in the show notes maybe the worst team in the league because, well, Atlanta was just horrible. Well, I mean, we'll see. Maybe they they bounce back. Maybe absolutely, they beat the bucks. Absolutely terrible. Too. Really bad. Just really their bad. offense was just horrible, and Matt Ryan just keeps looking worse and worse every year. And he just looked <laughs> so bad, man. So old. Uh anyway. So yeah, and their play calling was horrible. Their team yeah. was horrible. Everything yeah. was horrible. They just have a bad roster. No, yeah. Okay. I mean, anyway, we, yeah. You put up two wah, field goals. Went, went. Two like twenty-five yard field goals. Let's go. So what? What other? Any other letdowns, or shall we move on to?
1: Yeah, we should move on.
0: Move on to week one takeaways and potential advice. All right. So week one. Uh, Takeaway. I I think you're going to say this. I'm going to say this. um, Don't panic. Uh, Will, I went back and I looked at some facts about week one last year in 2020. Uh, And Will, I thought this was the most fascinating thing I I had forgotten about. Dak finished his QB 22 last year. It, he remember he played, he started off against the Rams. I think it was a Sunday night game. Mm. Um, and the Rams defense just slowed him down only 266 yards passing. I think he had some, some yardage on the ground, one touchdown pass. Um, so he was QB 22 for the week. And we just remember the start he had how, you know, how he was off the charts and, you know, he was going to have a record set of season if he didn't get hurt. Uh, so, you know, the, that's just one example. Another example, looking at the running backs week one last year, remember Nihie Hines? Um, yeah, you know, people might've overpaid their fab budget going into week two last year for him because he never was running back four again, like he was that week. Malcolm Brown wasn't running back five, like he was that week. Um am glad to remember Solaire starting off as running back 10. Um, that didn't work out as well as we wanted it to. Uh, James Robinson wasn't on our radars necessarily because he was running back 34. So
1: yeah. Last year after the first week, I had an offer of James Robinson plus for
0: Naheem Hines. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. <laughs> well, based on the finish, you, you made the right move. Cause you're like, why would I trade the RB four for the RB 34? <laughs> um, anyway, and just one more thing. I mean, we could find some plenty of stats, but wide receivers, Darius Slayton had a, um, like a Christian Kirk type week one, um, uh, Two, two touchdown catches, think over a hundred yards against the Steelers. So he was a wide receiver five week one of 2020 MVS was wide receiver 12. Um, while Justin Jefferson was not even a blip on the radar at wide receiver 82. So I, I just, I just think that's a reminder that yes, there can be some things that happen week one that, that carry over into the rest of the year, some performances, but there can be some outliers. So just if, if you're panicked about anybody on your roster, Don't be panicked. Uh, I think if you have Aaron Rodgers, for example, um, in in, uh, a league I'm in that has the, I I told you well with Scott Fishbowl scoring, the IDP guys invitational, I I got negative 6.7 points from Aaron Rodgers. That's not going to happen. So don't panic.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard to take that like heavily defeating loss in week one. Uh, And it's hard to say like players that you should acquire moving forward after week one, because if you look at, like, PFS projections throughout the season, they have, like, like Ty, 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 Tyson Williams, uh, you know, from Baltimore still is, like, a top 50 player throughout the rest of the season. And I just don't think that's a, really a great and safe move uh, overall. And if this is, uh, you know, the week one, it, as Jake says in his, like, little thing, it's just the smallest sample size uh, that we have right now. And so for mine, my biggest week one takeaway that hasn't, I don't think really been talked about except for on the negative side is I would not panic so far about Austin Eckler's targets in the first game. Uh, he ended up with zero targets in that game. The way the game, the game played out and the way the defense was playing uh, it just wasn't applicable to to have Austin Eckler really involved in the passing game. They might be running a different offensive style this year, but I don't really trust a player like Eckler that they won't u- utilize him in a similar way from last year going forward, he he probably won't have as many targets as he did last year when he was healthy per game. But I I would use this opportunity to purchase him low versus, uh, you know, having a fantasy owner that watched the whole game and saw his, like the way he produced in the second half compared to the first and how disappointed they were in it to take that opportunity to buy one of the the best starting running backs in the NFL.
0: Yeah. And I I think it, might've been JJ Zachary this week that talked about the flip side of that is that he got, he seems like he's the goal line back. It doesn't look like Larry Rountree is going to come in, for example, and steal those carries. And we hadn't seen that in the past with Austin Eckler. So I, you know, I think I agree with you. I think he's going to get some targets and I think maybe his wrestling niches might go up that might offset uh, that. Um, so they, they only had
1: one running back target in the game. So there wasn't yeah. any screen passes. I went and looked cause I was looking at this penalty stats doing this deep dive earlier. And there just wasn't there wasn't anything.
0: Uh, and, and remember, they were going up against what a lot of people thought w- w- would be one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the NFL this year, the Washington Football Team. So, I think when they get you know better matchups, that you're you're going to see that offense really shine and and put up some big numbers. And you, and you want pieces of that offense, you know, just like we're going into Week Two, we're thinking we want pieces of the Dallas offense. um, even even get me some Cedric Wilson if I have to, just so I have a piece of that offense. Um, you might be feeling that way about the Chargers in a couple of weeks once we see them against inferior defenses. So um, Jake put on the the show sheet uh, kind of what I said a little bit. Week one is a small sample size of the NFL. It means way less than people think at the moment. The info that matters are things you can carry with certainty over to future weeks. You can take actionable advice from injuries, for example, like Jerry Judy, Raheem Mostert. Fitz, Becton, Michael Gallup. So, and I think that is, is good. Yeah. Any, anything, any performances while we're kind of on the topic, well, where you're, you do want to be aggressive, um, uh, try to, I mean, like, like for example, we, I think on the Patreon show, we we talked a little bit about Elijah Mitchell and uh, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of upside there, Uh, you know, at the, end of the day, unless he gets injured, he's probably a serviceable piece for you certain weeks of the year. What, what would you, what, what do you think he's worth? Like what, what would you pay for him? I mean, cause I think we're savvy enough now, like no one's getting a first round pick for Mitchell. Are they?
1: No, no. And you shouldn't whatsoever. Uh, it depends what your team, your team situation is and what kind of pick that person's going to give up. Uh, in one of the dice leagues that we're in Ryan, I spent all my fab on Elijah Mitchell, because the upside of having to start a running back for the Niners for a period of time, and you never know, it could be a whole year, uh, can be worth that, especially in a deeper Dynasty League where there's just not a lot of stuff in the waiver wire that you really want at the running back position. So, in picks-wise, though, I would I would probably just hold off for now. Uh, unless you're th- – there's no way that in week two that you're desperate enough for a win in your Dynasty League that you would need to pay, even a, I feel like, even a second-round pick for Elijah Mitchell. There's just – what you're waiting to see you can lose a game next week and then decide. You know, and he's not gonna ever make it, in my opinion, to a first round pick, especially with the what like what they're gonna have to do next week and watch how it kind of all plays out. You take the risk with Fab Dodge because those are so much less valuable than picks.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um because cause, cause I, I, I don't think I think it's hard because I think if you have him and you want to sell him because you're like Trey Sermon's gonna come on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I find it hard to believe you get a second round pick for him. And honestly, I think you would want more. And on the flip side, if I think I want to acquire him and you're right, what's the incentive to do that? You know, maybe I'd offer like a third round pick max, but that's not going to get it done either. So it's one of those, one of those things. And maybe in a couple of weeks, it'll be different. Obviously if he has two more good weeks, then maybe you can start to talk uh, about getting more compensation or, or whatnot. But, um, Other things I think will that QB scoring is, is going to be up this year. And, and that wasn't the kind of the narrative we were hearing coming into the season, right? We were hearing, okay, these offenses are going to be playing in front of, um, you know, hostile crowds now. And, um, you know, we, we may not see some of these numbers and and, and maybe we won't, but, but looking at the QB scoring in um, this first week of 2021, uh, and I'm using FF today PPR scoring. You had eight QBs, score over 30 fantasy points. Six points for passing touchdown. I... Yes, six points. That's why, yeah, thank you. And then 11 score over 27 points. Last year, you only had six score over 30 points week one and seven over 27 points week one. So basically, you're seeing this inflation of more guys putting up bigger numbers. Um, and it's one week and it could be an outlier and it's not really statistically significant. I don't imagine, but I I don't know. I think it's a sign of things to come. And I think one of the things we saw from the big QB performances, and there were some outlier performances. I mean, Jared Goff with the garbage time numbers is not going to do that too many times this year, but I think it's, I think those guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and Dak, uh, guys that will do it more often than not will be difference makers in superflex leagues and I know that's probably always the case but I think the more so this year than other years and even in one QB leagues well I could th- I think if you got Kyler Murray versus rolling out um I don't know i trying to think of a mid-tier uh, Teddy Bridgewater each week or something. If you're in a deeper league that yeah, you're maybe, maybe hold off on Teddy B this week, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Like I think QBs are going to be more of a difference maker in fantasy leagues in 2021 than they were even in 2020. That's what I'm saying. I think that's actionable advice. So I, I think that you might want to consider your QB situation. If you're have a poor situation in a league, you're trying to contend.
1: Yeah. And when you, I looked at this Ryan too. And so Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen were all outside of that scoring threshold of twenty-seven points. Right. So you have a myriad of quarterbacks too that you're relying on to do this, and so there may be so there may be a flip side of this as well that the lesser quarterbacks against good matchups, were if the game like if the game if it's going to be this way throughout the rest of the season, which I think is fascinating compared to last year, be that we had like it was a weird offseason for the nfl in general but uh the, the stars also missed out heavily i mean not many people won their superflex matchups with aaron rodgers in one of those spots so yeah i think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this continues to go but it also i think it just really hammers down on having two really good starting quarterbacks in superflex that's what's important because that that over the 30 points is huge uh versus the you know the running i don't think any running back hit that this week you know in maybe you know maybe maybe jamal williams which i don't think he hit 30 points I'll So take a look that kind of no no at least in ppr uh no running back oh. scored over 30 points this week so that's a huge huge advantage when your second quarterback when both your like quarterbacks put up over 30 that's it's just massive or
0: over 27 that's just massive Yeah, only uh, current numbers I'm looking at only seven running backs were over twenty points. So, yeah, it's and one of those was Jamal Williams, and then was Melvin Gordon. Yeah, exactly. What that one play? Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty unbelievable. Um, when when you look at the landscape here. Um, so so yeah, I I think QBs are key, and obviously there are exceptions. We we've all you know not all, but I, I think a lot of us have had. Championship teams are competitive teams in the super superlux leagues where we've had, you know, less than ideal QB situations. It happens. Yes. Maybe the rest of your team is so built that you don't need QBs, but gen- generally speaking, you're, you're better off with them. You, you just, you are because you, you can't rely on Jared Goff saving your bacon in the super relaxed league each week. You know, it's, it's not going to happen even in garbage time. So. Eh, let's see how that plays out. I have, um a league that i'm going to be rolling out probably i'll probably roll out lawrence and then i've got to roll out tyrod or taylor Heineke um who i just got off of waivers so uh you know it, it happens i mean you can you can get by with the <laughs> lesser options but it's not fun
1: yeah i and i completely agree uh moving on to the next point uh i do want to look at just like percentages and target share uh, Adam Troutman had twenty eight and a half percent of the target share uh, in, that, yeah. in that New Orleans game, but he did drop a couple passes. So I, I'm I don't know if I'm more or less worried. It's a tough tough place to be in. I think I am less worried, but uh, he's going to have to fix that going on throughout the season to uh to fix it. And but I think that the fact that he was the target leader on the team, I think I think is absolutely huge uh, for a game with only twenty one total passes, uh, and then two. Is Kenny Gainwell should have had two touchdowns? I talked about this briefly in the Patreon show, but uh, Gainwell is a still a great fo- NFL, like a, a great football player overall. And we should have realized sooner that he would still be a big part of that offense, to be able to beat up Boston Scott.
0: I like those observations, Will. And I was even before it was trendy to be out on Adam Troutman, I never was on that Troutman bandwagon. But after week 1, I'm I'm definitely more encouraged. I, I I think that he is the tight end to own in New Orleans and I I think it'll be interesting to see how um they deploy him and he's probably more the all-around tight end and then um the, the what was it Johnson Duan, is that right? Duan, Duan
1: James? Yeah,
0: yeah. Or Johnson, the, yeah. Johnson. I think it's Johnson. I think he's more of a like a passing threat weapon what kind of thing, but I think he'll be frustrating and Truman I th- I think they could he could you know, do something this year. Call me crazy. So I'm, I'm now buying into him a little bit, where others have, have decided to to leave the the bandwagon. And, um, yeah, you, you know, Phil, you talk about Kenny Gainwell, Philadelphia. Uh, that offense. It'll be interesting to see what they do week two because it was it just that they were against a horrible, horrible Atlanta defense, or you know, is, is Fanta Smith going to be exciting? Um, I mean, there could be some a number of, of fun fantasy pieces in that offense will. I, I I was it was fun to see the Eagles be good. And I, so I'm 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 encouraged. I'm I'm cheering for, for Richland Hurts and all those wide receivers and Dallas Goddard and just it's fun. They could be a fun team.
1: Yeah Goddard would not have gotten his touchdown without that penalty against Lane Johnson for being too far downfield. <laughs> but I, I, think, know, I think I think Miles Sanders looked good in that game as well. It's yes he as, did. As far as a runner and you know, finishing runs hard, breaking tackles, being explosive. It was. Uh, I, th- I think that team is going to have a lot more fantasy value than we thought. Uh, Zach Ertz got a little bit banged up, kind of hurt my
0: heart, my my, my core.
1: Yeah, uh, but will you know? We'll see how that go- that that goes moving forward. Let's hope he's okay. But it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that like the Eagles' offense is at least worth investing in, if you can pick up pieces on the waiver wire for cheap.
0: And there are certainly pieces you can pick for cheap. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, b- before we move on, because I know we we want to talk about, you know, if there are any changes to predictions that we made last week, but I, I just wanted to mention a couple of other things. First of all, one of the things I talked about on the Hot Bold Spicy Take show was my, my love for A.J. Dillon this year. And if you look at what he did against the Saints, it, it, it's not a strong argument, right? I mean, he basically – Ran four times for 19 yards. He caught one ball for for seven yards. He had two targets. However, Aaron Jones also had lousy numbers. And A.J. Dillon, very interesting. Well, second series of the game, he's in there. Uh, so I, I think that they want to use him a lot. And I'm still very excited about Aaron Jones. I don't think it's going to hurt Aaron Jones' value whatsoever. But I think they could both be... Good pieces, you know, to own. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I think it's still like AJ Dillon is interesting. So keep an eye on him. And then we knew this already, but Alvin Kamara uh, is—he he ran 20 times, for 83 yards, but the 20 carries, just the second regular season game he's ever had 20 carries in his career. Just the second regular season 20 carry game of his career. He is going to be the focal point. offense will. AK 41, big year, monster year. Not a, not a bold, spicy, hot, bold, spicy take or anything, but just it just reinforces it. I just, you know, he could, he could put up CMC like numbers, is, is what I'm trying to say. Well, he's just
1: one of the best running backs we've ever seen. And it just really makes you realize it in a game like this. The, yeah, where the, I mean, the whole team has changed because of their contract, contract structure. And now that they've had to manipulate the salary cap. The Saints are a, a fascinating team, but he. Yeah, I feel like Alvin Kamara might be one of like one of one of if not the best player in the NFL. It it's it's amazing what he can do. And he, he is. It, it, and, he, and so fun to watch. That yeah, that's the,
0: the that's such a big point of it too. It's, he's never boring. Um, yeah. So I, I just want to throw that out there. Once again, not groundbreaking information that I'm sharing with you or, or hot, bold spicy takes. Oh, like, can oh my gosh, so fun? Ryan. is so Kim- a great running back. Tell me something I don't know, but, but I think that my point is he could be like, like he could have a record career setting year. Um, he won you a championship last year. If, if you had him in your championship game, I just think he, he's going to have a monster year. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, sh- anything else you want to mention? The things that we, we kind of learned from from week one, or should we talk about changing predictions? Well, why aren't uh, why aren't people buying
1: into Melvin Gordon's performance in my fantasy leagues where I have Melvin Gordon? Because
0: oh, you're trying to sell him? Yeah, of course. I I just think even if you're buying in, you know, it's uh, people have gotten savvy. Well, I mean, I think I think two three years ago you could have got something for him, but I I think people still see him as you know they 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 drafted this rookie running back behind him and they, they moved up from the draft form in the second round. And no one's ever liked Melvin Gordon. You know, it's, it's kind of like we, we disrespect Jarvis Landry, even though who was it again, you know, that, that was putting up good face numbers for you on that Cleveland Browns team as a wide receiver. It was Jarvis Landry. Once again, <laughs> it wasn't Odell Buckham jr. It was Jarvis oh, Landry. Was, we were like, we, I had a,
1: <laughs> we were tracking it last year though. We were like eight weeks into the season last year before Jarvis Landry had his first touchdown.
0: Well, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, last year he wasn't amazing, but, you know, he's, he's had that. He's always been kind of um, undervalued, disrespected his whole career, even when he's really performing well. Melvin Gordon has been the same way. Like we just, you know, even though he just produces and, and even though it was one play, he, he, he outshined his rookie colleague. And I I think the advanced metrics, Melvin Gordon actually outperformed him as I'm trying to remember what they were, but it doesn't matter. I, I, it's just the perception, right? It's always gonna be hard to sell him. Um, And you're right. He could go on. He could, would it shock you if he was a high end running back too this year? No, I mean, no, but, we we just uh, the fear and and, and probably what's going to happen if we look at history, it's uh, Williams is going to take over that backfield at some point. It, that's probably the most likely outcome, and people know it. So yeah, I mean Williams look good too. I'm just you know, trying to sell him in redraft in dynasty, give me yeah. some value back. Otherwise, it's just do the start of and then Good, good luck. Give, yeah, give it three or four weeks. If he continues to perform, you'll you'll be able to eventually get something for him. But but then you won't want to because you'd be like I'm winning with him. Why would I get rid of him? So okay. Changing predictions for the season. So uh, did you put this in the show sheet or was this Jake? So this Uh, is a good topic.
1: I put this topic in here because I wasn't on the last episode. We were talking about predictions. My first one is in the NFC East. (laughs) I really, I I really predictions though, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but I wasn't here. You want to give the emphasis that was necessary for my predictions. (laughs) All right. Well, here's the
0: opportunity. Uh,
1: I actually think, that one of them was just the NFC East. I actually really like the Cowboys now in this one. And I don't think that's like a huge, like bold spicy take or anything like that. I mean, the Eagles dominated the, the Falcons and I did put a small bet on the Falcons having the worst record in the NFL this year. That's the that, that's oh, yeah. fruition. But, uh, that, uh, the, the, the Cowboys were spicy. I mean, both teams made mistakes in that game is the opening game, but it was, they went toe to toe with the Buccaneers And didn't shy away, and their defense was better than I thought it was going to be overall. I mean, Tom Brady still carved him up a little bit, but he also made mistakes, and they yeah they had more than one opportunity to win that game. And then uh, I also I put I think I put in the I put in the Cardinals or no I think I put in the Niners seven Niners and Baltimore in the Super Bowl. I actually think the Rams I I I think I take the Rams over the Cardinals right now. I think the Rams are more like solid team. I just, Ryan, I respect the Bears a lot more than I think even you do as a fan of them when you go and beat up on the Bears.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know how to respond to that, but I will get back to talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And I am proud to say that that pick that I made of them winning the division looks pretty smart now. Uh, although I think with the Cowboys, I, I like what you said about the defense because the defense did look better than I thought it would. And I thought, well, they've just got enough playmakers on defense where they're with their offense or defense doesn't have to be great. They just have to make big plays in key moments. And I, and I think they have the talent to do that. I'm worried about their defensive line. Cause they, they, um, during a lot of injuries this week. So I think they, they've lost even a lot of their depth pieces there. So we'll see how long that happened that, you know, the defensive line is, is, um, is out. However, Yes, the Cowboys are, are real interesting, and I feel much better about that prediction. Um, I, I made a prediction about the the Vikings uh, winning the NFC North last week. And, of course, you had the Packers. And I should have been on there stuff. because the Vikings are horrible. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. If anything, the, the prediction I don't like, in the NFC North just looks horrible in general but the packers i think were, were just a blip on the radar i think they're gonna be fine i'm um, not saying they're gonna be the, one of the best teams in the nfc but i think they're gonna be a good team um and, and i think they're clearly the class of the nfc north after seeing the vikings i just thought the vikings are gonna be better i thought their defense was gonna be better i just i don't know and, and it was one game one week and i think they can be better but i don't feel good about that pick at all um which was a little bit bold in the first place but now i'm like ooh, that just kind of seems ridiculous i picked the vikings because they just didn't look very good
1: yeah the offense came out uh, like a slug and then that ended up coming back i mean then it it made they made an exciting game but vikings are gonna viking they're gonna break your heart
0: Uh, another prediction i want to change is the um fantasy rookie of the year um i had uh, Pitts and I want to change it to Elijah Mitchell at this point because after one week, no, I mean not not Elijah Mitchell, but like Kyle Pitts. Listen, I'm still optimistic about him having a good year, and I don't think his dynasty value is going to go in the tank or anything like that. However, well, I think as bad as that Atlanta offense looked, it doesn't matter how good you are if you're Calvin Ridley or Kyle Pitts. I mean, they've got to fix some things. I mean, they've got some serious issues, and 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 that team just scares me. Uh, more than any other, because I think feel that Matt Ryan is done. He's washed. He looks horrible, and a guy like him would be okay with a good offensive line. But it is anything but a good offensive line. So I think the Falcons are in big time trouble, and that's that's just going to cap the ceiling of of Calvin Ridley for sure. And, and and Kyle Pitts. It just it just is. He'll have his moments, but I he's not going to threaten Waller or, or Kelsey for head in one at this point? Are you crazy? It's just hard to see that. I guess it could happen, but man, week one is any indication, no matter the kind of usage, it's not happening, right?
1: Yeah, it just, this is that overreaction to week one, right, Ryan? They they look so bad and so terrible. I mean, they put up two field goals, as I mentioned earlier, from within the red zone that were just like chip shots. So yes, the Falcons looked absolutely...
0: Absolutely terrible against, but, against an Eagles team that, uh, I mean, let, even the Eagles offense turns out to be great. Do You think that Eagles defense is going to be like one of the be- better, defenses defenses than NFL. I think it'll be pretty good defense, but I, I don't think it, they weren't playing the Rams. Well, I mean the, I guess the Eagles, I think most teams will be able to put up some points.
1: Uh, yeah. I just the, yeah. It, the game plan went awry. Everything went awry. They had, I mean, penalties on like some really big plays and just horrible offensive play calls, whether they are checks from Matt Ryan or just the calls coming in, uh, they, can, they can get better.
0: I, I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I think, though, at the end of the day with me, I just uh, pits could have a really great year, even the best, you know, rookie tight end year ever in theory. And still it just his ceiling is capped at the end of the day, I think I, I do think though that like Matt Ryan's passing attempts
1: are still going to be super high. And so for fantasy points versus wins and losses, I think there's still going to be production in that passing game. I, um, I hope so.
0: And there, there ha- I guess there has to be right. I, I mean, unless the line is so bad and Matt Ryan gets hurt and the backup comes in and they just can't do anything. But anyway, we can move on. Yeah. Who then will rely on confidence?
1: Right. Right. Okay. But uh, that's the, they, they, the Falcons look like the worst team in the NFL last week. Even worse than the Jaguars, who we don't even need to talk about uh, quickly. Uh, The fantasy rookie of the year that we talked about last week, uh, I actually think maybe we we should all pivoted to wide receivers. Uh, One, Jamar Chase looked incredible. Uh, It was against the Vikings defense that kind of let him run rampant. But he also dog-walked Patrick Peterson a couple times. And then the other uh, two Alabama wide receivers, I think Jalen Waddell looked incredibly impressive. Just with his actual game uh, effect and the way that Tua is willing to trust him and throw it up to him, uh, I think Waddle looked incredible. And then Devonta Smith looked incredible too. And against the Patriots I think is more significant. But if, if they're going to have this type of uh, impact on in, uh, on, the regular, on the regular game, it's going to translate to fantasy points quite a bit. So I think we're gonna, we might be uh, the first year in a while where the fantasy rookie of the year is a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm glad, Justin Jefferson, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too. I, I, I've been touting this wide receiver class, and yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's, and they're only gonna look better. Yeah, I mean, as the season progresses, you know, Rondell Morris gonna look better. Um, Elijah Moore is going to look better and, and just yeah they're, they're going to grow I, I think what we talk about like Justin Jefferson was what did I say he was wide receiver 84 or something week one so some of these that we, we saw plenty of guys that flashed and that was exciting and the and the rookie wide receivers that didn't flash that not a surprise right because the, they tend not to the week one of the rookie season okay um, we should probably read some of the things that Jake put in the show sheet he didn't put a lot of notes in but he he kind of said stock up um it, did he say it's just stock up with these players basically? And he's stock. I'm looking for stock down. So he basically said, Courtland Sutton stock up Mitchell sermon hasty, basically the 49ers running back stock up Uh Heineke stock up. Um, and, and I think for super flex leagues, I like that Jake put this in because well, I, I you know, we're already seeing reports or, or are they going to go all in? He's shown some mobility in um, a super flex league. I, I think he's probably not the worst QB two. You can, you can start. I mean, he's got a couple of weapons there and, in Washington. So, um,
1: why wouldn't, why would the Washington football team just welcome Deshaun Watson into, into the crew?
0: <laughs> what do they have to give up for Deshaun Watson? What do you think that, um, Houston will take at this point? Uh, Dan Snyder for Deshaun Watson. Let's go. <laughs> That's a no brainer. Um, yes. Uh, that'd be, that'd be interesting. That'd be fun. Um, uh, I mean, we, we, we've kind of heard that died down. Right. And there's no Deshaun Watson to anybody at this point. I guess the Texans have just been inactive the whole year and they'll make a deal. Once the legal troubles get cleared, I I don't know. And it's one of the things I forgot in the off
1: season with all his legal troubles is that Deshaun Watson also said that he's never playing for the Texans again. And this is coming to fruition. He's not suspended by the NFL. He's, he's just inactive by the, by the Texans. So we have no clue what's happening there. And it is uh, unsettling overall with a player like Deshaun Watson, like any team on a talent wise would basically love to have Deshaun Watson besides like the top top
0: it, yeah and it's kind of frustrating because i feel like the nfl is kind of getting away with one here because he probably should should be on the commissioner's exempt list for just these allegations these these horrible allegations but but they, the nfl hasn't had to do anything it's just kind of working out it's like well he's not playing so he's not in the spotlight so we don't really have to do anything about this we can just pretend that that's <laughs> happening you know it's I'm sure they wait, love that wait, the nfl is a corrupt organization but we still do a podcast about it and love it. i know that's 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 we're, we're ridiculous. I guess you don't know buy uh, weekly
1: rant against the NFL all the time. Yeah. Uh, but the, the other thing was the jets negative is in the sense of uh, with, with Beckton going down, I think it's going to be very, very uh, fascinating to watch, especially because next week they go into new England. That's good. I Man. mean,
0: <laughs>
1: pick the, up the,
0: the new England DST. If you can, in your reject leagues, new England,
1: yeah, new England might, might win, you know, 48 to zero or something like that. Uh, I, it's also that backfield is complete wash uh elijah mitchell isn't utilized and, and i don't think it'll matter in the end
0: for the, for this oh, season elijah Moore, yeah so. yeah i mean for those of us that are really high on elijah moore it's it's hard to see a world where he um i don't think his value is going to go down but this this is not going to be the year you know i i mean i guess it could happen we'll, we'll see but it's one game but not I mean, core davis which be game
1: i guess yeah it's fun
0: yeah, much bigger than I, I thought. But we'll, we'll see if that happens, you know, if Corey Davis is a thing. I'm sure he'll have his, his weeks where he flashes and weeks where he doesn't. Um, but
1: you can't trust anybody in that backfield right now. Uh, you don't want to trust any of the wide receivers or the tight ends or, like, like anything. Uh, no. Zach Wilson didn't look bad, though. Like I said, I actually think he looked pretty good for, yeah. for what was available to him. He flashed so, sometimes. But the Jets are, I guess, gonna going to continue to jet. And... After next week, don't buy this week, buy after next
0: week because it's probably going to be lower. Yeah, Jake's got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper up. I I think that you've got to be, you know, Dak could be on this list as well. I mean, the Cowboys offense just, we talked about it. We talked about Kenny Gainwell uh, stock up. So any other things you want to mention here, Will, um, before we get into the two-minute warning? No, I was trying to find some, like, non-popular – uh,
1: items to, to talk about and, and put in here, it, it's kind of tough to find these days. It used to be a little bit better, uh, but there's just so much content out there all the time for, you know, for, for dynasty analysis and what we're doing. So for week one, I, I think we're calling it a wrap on the fantasy, like advice or
0: predictions or anything like that. Well, let's move into the two minute warning. What what do you have for the two minute warning tonight?
1: All right. So, completely unrelated to fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football is check out the video. It's it, it's a it's a cycling racing video in the Tour of Britain. Uh, so there was a breakaway. Uh, I think it was like six riders, and this young kid starts riding next to the you know, this professional breakaway, some of the best riders in the world, and he's on he's on the sidewalk next to these guys for like forty five seconds. And this kid looks like he's like ten years old, and he, he may be. But he, you know, chose this moment. Is right next to them, and it's super fun. It's a little bit dangerous by the kids' uh, standpoint because there were some, uh, you know, the bystanders on the sidewalk like watching as this breakaway went by. But anyway, he's crushing it. He's riding with them, and then anyway, after keeping up with him for a little bit, the lead rider, uh, George Bennett, uh, just goes over and he grabs a water bottle out of his water bottle cage and just hands it to the kid. And it's this super pro handoff. He hands it appropriately you know, from the top, hand it over and the kid grabs it like a pro rider on the side. And it was one of the most heartfelt moments I've ever seen in professional cycling is, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a huge professional cycling fan. And it was, uh, it was just one of those things that like, that's what cycling needs to be about. And that's what all sports need to be about is just being great people in general. And it was just one of the coolest moments. And even the guy who was announcing it was like brought to, you know, choking up a little bit about it because it was so awesome. And it's a, uh, the yeah, it, it, it was just it's just a very very incredible moment in a in a race that nobody knows about. because it's the Tour of Britain. It's not the Tour de France. Tour de France, uh, but like the yeah, people do this. This is a European thing where like people do this all the time. It's a huge sport over there, and uh,
0: it, yeah, it was uh it was, it was great. And so go check that out. Yeah. I, I want to go back and listen to the audio. Well, but as you were talking about it, I pulled it up on my computer and watched it. It really, it just brought a smile on my face. It really is a great moment. And I I put the link in the show notes. So you don't even have to go looking for the, the, the link. You just go to our show notes and click it and check it out. Definitely worth watching. You know, you're a cycling fan. It really is a cool moment. And just what the, shows you the joy of sports and just think if, if you're that kid that, that moment that you had, just like if you, you know, go to a spring training baseball game. They get an autograph from your favorite player, or or whatever. Just there's there's a certain magic that sports has for us. Even today, that when you're a ki- you're a kid, you you know you you really have it. And I uh, just that's great. Thanks for sharing because I wouldn't have seen that unless you would said something. Um, yeah, and
1: the the UCI, which is the governing body over professional cycling, is kind of like similar to the NFL. They're they're pretty horrible overall. And there were a lot of jokes about how they find both the rider and the kid you know, like, uh, whatever the, the, the fines were in Swiss francs. It was, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the joy and what, uh, you know, sports and entertainment brings to us. Let's, let's not ever forget that.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, a little bit d- different, co- coming back to football for a second, uh, two minute warning, and we'll, we'll get out with this. This is my, I'm not always going to do this, but this is my DFS tip of the week. Will Jamar chase on DK only five thousand dollars. against it's the Chicago Bears. That Chicago Bears secondary is is brutal. Um, I would invest in some Cincinnati players for that game. Joe Burrow is only fifty eight hundred, so maybe a Burrow, Chase, Stack, and some of your lineups. Uh, T Higgins, I think, is just a little bit more than Chase. Uh, so anyway, just just attack that game and those those wide receivers, Jamar Chase in particular, because I think he's going to blow up for you. So that's my one of my core plays of the week there, Will Greenwood. So.
1: What mine is going to be Marquez Callaway?
0: Yeah, and you know that's the thing. I think Callaway is still the number one. Well, I mean, Alvin Kamara is the number one receiving option in offense, but people have, have gone away from him. I don't know what he costs. He's probably dirt cheap. And I, I think you're right. I mean, we we've written him off after a, kind of a weird week of um, you know what, what New Orleans had to do in that game. So I, I like that call a lot because he's going to be cheap. Um, and he absolutely dog walked Carolina last year yeah yeah that's good good a uh, good call will um yours is just yours is a little deeper dive than mine that's probably a little obvious so i appreciate that but anyway let's get out of here we are the fantasy Jones on twitter you can um follow us at ffjoes you can follow will at for will jake is at takes with jake i'm at wrote librarian follow us on patreon check out our patreon show each week support us it's a couple bucks and you'll enjoy it that's patreon.com size so fantasy joes on behalf of will and the missing jake patterson i'm ryan and we are the fantasy joes mm-hmm. i don't know what we're gonna say at the end because we can't say get yourself some Allison." i mean if you want to you can because uh, he's been why dropped and everything we're gonna bring that up
1: <laughs> he could fit so well he better be able to grind some of those touchdowns
0: niners can pick him up that'd be great Trey yeah. sermon out this week but it looks like the niners are um elevating the uh, Allison to the active roster who's playing today he's suiting up uh, as soon as he signs with the uh ravens
1: we will be back in business oh,
0: go back in business
1: because they don't have enough running backs just like the niners oh There's
0: uh the other fun
1: another fun fact i had for this week was uh the 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 top 4 the the, the top 3 uh target leaders on the lions were not uh wide receivers. And then if you look at the top 4 in receptions, they were also not wide receivers. Yeah, i found it fascinating. I just it's just fascinating. I mean, because you saw Jamal Williams and deandre Swift both be what, were they running back like 4 and 5 last week in PPR? Yeah, I think they were both top 5. Yeah. Oh, sorry, 3 and 4. Yep. There you go. Uh, which is which is insane. Uh on top of that, it just is uh it it kind of also shows Jer Jerry as a quarterback. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say. Like he Hawkinson was number one. I think Williams or Swift were number two and three. And then you had uh who was it wasn't uh, what's his name? Another running back was, was third in receptions. But uh I used as a like a plug and play DFS play uh cephis and he actually ended up turning out at the end
0: nice yeah we didn't talk about Hawk um earlier and you got to be excited about him I, I mean I mean not, not a surprise a lot of, a lot of people were calling it but there was a little bit of doubt But man you know I'm gonna find that shot. show
1: I'm gonna find that show sheet, Ryan where I said TJ Hawks is the tight end from Iowa that you want there you go it was a we like- every tight end from Iowa that was like, no, but that was like week two in Iowa season where I was like, dude, Hawks is the man. Oh, that's
0: right. You're talking to when he was in call. Yeah, you're yeah. right.
1: That was a long time ago. Good call. Hopefully you... I mean, it didn't really matter because you can't like pick up Debbie players midseason, but... Right, right. Well, him, and then he, he then, he, then he was the
0: eighth overall pick, right? Or Some some Debbie leagues you can, where it's like during the season, it's like first come, first serve. Um, mm. and, and, But I I didn't and, and, um, in my Debbie leagues where I the few I had the opportunity to pick them up like that, but i'm going on i'm
1: going on year three of zero production from travis etienne in our welcome everything is finally grind from a debbie pick that's uh it's tough to just keep him
0: but he's i think he's like 12 dollars or eight dollars like it's not too much yeah i'm i'm out on debbie picks in that league so since i'm still recording we'll keep this at the end of the show Will and I are in this league, this John Bosch league, where there's a small Debbie component. What is it like? Is it everyone has a Debbie nom a year? So it's like 12 Debbie yeah. players get into the league every year and it's contract. So you have to decide how long you want to keep these guys. And I have had the worst. Well, I've had some luck because I guess I had no, I know I, it continues because Jerry Judy, I think, was one of my Debbie players who is injured now. Mm. Um, Tua is one of my Debbie players. He's the only one that I have that's healthy on my roster. Um, I lost. Still left-handed, uh, though. Um, Journey Brown. Um, yeah. Had him on my roster. He's done. His career's done. I, I, uh, I, I drafted Hubbard, and he's on my roster, and I'm paying him a decent salary to back up CMC, and he'll probably be worthless. Um, who was the guy? He God, why can't think of his name? Um, plays for... Um, Clemson, Clemson Tigers, yeah. uh, Justin Ross, Justin Ross. Yeah. So I had him and he got injured. So I have the worst luck. So I'm just done with Debbie. In fact, I won a Debbie player, Garrett Wilson, and I promptly traded him for Brandon Cooks. And I'm not looking back because I'm, you know, probably losing that deal. But at least I've got a guy that's productive now and not a guy that's injured.
1: Uh, so. see Right. That didn't hurt me, but I got Jonathan Taylor for like $8. So I'm still holding yeah. on that. And then it's I think much. I... I think I also got Trevor Lawrence for like eight dollars, but we'll see how that,
0: that all plays out. I got I got Jameis Winston on like I think four more years for a buck. If he I mean, I'm not thinking he's gonna really do anything, but it still feels pretty good after one week that maybe maybe he's got some value. I have a hundred and fifty
1: dollar bet with my brother that Jameis Winston won't finish as a QB one. Oh, I forgot about
0: that. Oh. Well, he's out to a good start. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm not uh, worried yet, but he's off to a good start. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not like a fun one
1: though when he throws twenty passes and five touchdowns. God, it's weird.
0: weird. What a weird performance that that's just weird. Uh six for thirty-seven on the ground too. Jameis goes a little bit with his legs. So I don't know, man. If he can avoid those turnovers, we'll it makes no sense. It doesn't. Yeah. Tyra
1: Taylor Taylor's a QB one. Like, he finished over that 27-point threshold. It has to be the last one.
0: Tyrod Taylor, yeah. 26.6. Yeah, he's right, he's right there. I started Tyrod in, in one of the leagues I was telling you about. Tyrod and Trevor Lawrence. I didn't realize I had two two top, top 12 quarterbacks in that league. Yeah, and I don't think Tyrod
1: outperformed Trevor Lawrence, like, as a whole. But, like, the Jaguars are bad, man. And I, lo- I kind of love the Jaguars, it's just like always, because they are always bad.
0: But I want them to be good. But mm. Mm. Uh, all right, that's a good, way- a good place to end. I should stop. Thanks for listening. If you've uh, stuck around this long, see you guys. <laughs> too. Bye.